Biden at the U.N. is our lead story. It was kind of boring. He's not a very inspiring speaker. He makes uh, rhetorical mistakes uh, and he's not uh, really selling what he's saying. I'll, I'll get into that a little bit, but it was important. And I don't think most people know why that speech was written. But I, of course, will tell you because I'm a bloviator and a know-it-all. You guys know that. But that's my charm, right? <laughs> so anyway, let's begin with the overarch theme of Joe Biden's speech before the United Nations General Assembly. So he wanted to repudiate Donald Trump's America First policy. That was the goal of this speech. So Trump was... Look, America is the most powerful nation on earth. You got to help us, you foreign nations. Biden is, we're all in this together and we'll help you, foreign nations. You don't have any responsibility to us. That's Biden's posture. Okay. Um, he was so intent on reading the words on the teleprompter before him that he didn't pause for emphasis. He didn't take his time or maybe look off like he was thinking about something. It was just rat-a-tat, rat-a-tat, rat-a-tat. And it was hard to follow at times. But I've selected three sound bites that I think will illuminate the overriding message that the President of the United States wanted to get to the world. The first one deals with COVID. Now, COVID is something that unites the whole world. Oh, you got to understand, it's a, it's a unifier because we're all afraid of this. It's so damaging. So here's what President Biden said. Go. Planes carrying vaccines from the United States have already landed in 100 countries, bringing people all over the world a little dose of hope, as one American nurse termed it to me. A dose of hope directing the American people and, importantly, no strings attached. All right, so that's a good thing. You know, we the taxpayer pick it up, and I think that should have been emphasized a little bit more. People don't understand um, that hardworking Americans pay for the vaccines that are going over to 100 foreign countries. And you remember that President Trump made that deal with the vaccine companies. They get paid for every dose they deliver. But it's we who are paying them, not Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. But it's a good thing that America is donating so much vaccine to so many people around the world. Now, I know that most countries and people will not appreciate that. They'll say, oh, they're so rich in America. They have an obligation to do this. I know that. But if we want to portray ourselves as a noble nation, which is above all what I want to do, then these kinds of things are necessary. So that was a good thing. Biden could have done it better, but it was a good thing. The second soundbite is not such a good thing. Roll the tape. In April, I announced the United States will double our public international financing to help developing nations tackle the climate crisis. And today, I'm proud to announce that we'll work with the Congress to double that number again, including for adaptation efforts. 
This will make the United States a leader in public climate finance. And with our added support, together with increased private capital and other, from other donors, we'll be able to meet the goal of mobilizing $100 billion to support climate action in developing nations. Okay, so we're going to send about $100 billion to countries like Uganda, and I'm just picking on them because that's a third world nation, but most nations in the world are third world. So we're going to send them money. As Mr. Biden said, no strings attached, and that applies to this as well, to fight climate change. So let me ask you a very simple question because I am a very simple man. How much of that money you think is going to go to the environment in those corrupt countries? Maybe none of it. <laughs> I mean, it's like Haiti. And we'll get to the border in Haiti in a moment. How much money have we sent to the Haitians, to that government over there? Has it done any good at all? No. No. They're worse off now than they've ever been. And that's what's going to happen. So there's Biden. We're going to double, then we'll double again, and we'll send more money, and we're going to do all of that so the developing nations can combat climate change, maybe build a windmill or two. This is just insane. But it sounds good to the foreign nations. Okay, America is going to send us money. Come on, come on, where is it? Give it to us. And what does this remind you of? Perhaps a $3.5 trillion infrastructure bill with human infrastructure? We're going to send you money to do every community college? We'll pay. Pre-K? We'll pay. Babysitters? We'll pay. You want four months family leave for any reason at all? You got it. We'll pay it. This is Biden. We'll pay and pay and pay and pay until the U.S. economy collapses under the burden of debt. And it's, it's so horrifying to hear this man at the United Nations when he knows that China, India, Russia aren't going to do anything to combat climate change. Nothing. So we're going to send $100 billion that'll be stolen or wasted, and those three behemoths, countries, won't do anything. They'll make it worse. China's building more coal-fired plants. You ever been to India? Take a look at the Ganges River. Oh, finally, we had to get the woke stuff in. Roll the tape. We all must defend the rights of LGBTQI individuals so they can live and love openly without fear, whether it's Chechnya or Cameroon or anywhere. Oh, I'm sure they're jumping up and down in Cameroon to hear that. LGBTQI. I don't even know what that is anymore. I keep adding letters to it. Okay, this is so woke. Isn't this woke? Oh, we're going to, you know, we're watching you Chessians. You better treat your LGBTQIs very. And then just before this, he said to, well, in Afghanistan, they better treat their women, those Taliban 
They better do it because we're watching them. I know all the Taliban go. And then they cut, if you're watching it live, to the Afghan delegation, the Taliban guys sitting there in Jack and tie. They cut to them. All right. And they're, they're like looking down. Go, oh, yeah, yeah. OK, sure. I'm glad you're watching us. <laughs> I mean, we're, this guy doesn't live on planet Earth. Biden doesn't live here. But this is all rhetoric. He has to do this. All right. He has to say it. So the woke progressive left will like him. All in all, it was what it always is with Biden. He's not going to get anything done. He's going to waste trillions of dollars in a four year period on stuff that's not going to improve anything. And he's going to put all of us in danger because the economy will wobble. So that's what's gonna happen. All right, 26 Republican governors are demanding a meeting with President Biden to talk about the U.S.-Mexican border situation. They deem it a national security crisis, the 26 Republican governments, which comprise all of the Republicans except for one, Vermont Governor Phil Scott, he's not gonna sign this, because it's Vermont. And the only reason Scott's in there in the first place is to keep track of the money. The crazy hippie progressives in Vermont, I mean, they know they can't go bankrupt, and they would if they put in some nutty progressives, so they elect a guy like Scott. But he's never going to do anything worthwhile. So no Democratic governor signed the bill. I guess uh, Newsom in California doesn't think it's a crisis, no, no, he doesn't see it. He doesn't want a real meeting about it. Uh, no. Mm-mm. New Mexico, she's a, isn't she a Democrat too? She didn't sign it. And New Mexico's devastated. Um, so it's all politics. So um, the border situation is now about as out of control as anybody has ever seen. And that's all on Joe Biden. So one of the few reporters in the country that actually asks hard questions to Biden's propaganda minister, Jen Psaki, is Fox News's Peter Ducey. Roll the tape. A question about what's going on at the border. Is somebody asking the foreign nationals who are walking into Del Rio, Texas, and setting up camps on this side of the border for proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test? Well, first of all, I can re, re, I can readdress for you or re talk you through what steps the, we that take. That is the policy for people who fly into the country. So if somebody walks into the country right across the river, does somebody ask them to see their vaccination card? Well, let me explain to you again, Peter, how our process works. As individuals, as individuals come across the border, uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms. If they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. So let me get this straight. They come from Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala, about 2,000 miles on foot. They pay thousands of dollars to gangsters to help them get in, but they're not intending to stay very long. I guess it's a week or two, a Disneyland play maybe. 
Maybe they'll go to a baseball game, football game. They're not really intending to stay very long. Risking their lives to come across the border with Jen Psaki. I don't worry about them. They're not intending to stay very long. Again, this is so far out there. I can't even, I don't have the words. I don't have the adjectives. These people, the Biden administration, are so detached from what is actually happening that it is a crisis in itself. That's a crisis. Let me give you some stats. Del Rio, Texas, town of 35,000 people, all right? Roughly 145 miles west of San Antonio. As of Monday, more than 6,000 Haitians have been kicked out of Del Rio and flown at our expense back to Haiti. 28,000 Haitians have been intercepted by the Border Patrol this fiscal year, which ends in 10 days. All right. That's compared to 4,400 last year. So 28,000 this year, 4,400 last year. Remember, Trump was in office last year. Okay. And um, the Department of Homeland Security had to close the port of entry in Del Rio because thousands of people are living under the bridge, as you saw. And the only reason it's a big story is because they got those photographs. So um, the network did cover the Del Rio story, the three of them, last night. Um, but I wanted an independent person on the ground. And um, Anna Garatelli, who works for the Washington Examiner, was kind enough, and I mean that literally, because she's working down there, all right, to talk with us today about what she is seeing with her own eyes. Anna, thanks very much, um, especially because I, I understand you're covering Governor Abbott today down there. Is that what you're doing? I am. I am in my car. I just left the border uh, where the governor, uh, Department of Public Safety officers, um, everyone was out in full force giving a briefing uh, about the state of the border right now. And and actually, as I was running late to the press conference, as I was walking down the dirt road to go see the press conference, uh, DPS officers had just uh, arrested several people who just came over the border, even with 150 vehicles lined up. So, and then on the way back, I saw more people uh, arrested for coming across the border. So, um, it was it was pretty wild to see that on the way to a press conference, you know, maybe 200 feet from where the governor was. When these people come across, they're doing so because they believe they'll be able to stay in the USA, correct? They are. Yes. And, and Secretary Mayorkas, Alejandro Mayorkas of DHS, said yesterday, you know, they're getting false information. Uh, but at the end of the day, the secretary also said families are going to be released into the United States where they can make a claim for asylum and they'll appear before an immigration judge in probably three to five years. Uh, the, the issue is that Republicans are so concerned about this. Uh, the president has uh, changed ICE policy. And so uh, ICE officers are not targeting or going after people in the U.S. who maybe didn't show up for their asylum hearing or were told, hey, you didn't meet asylum. You need to go home. Uh, there's no, there's no mechanism now to go after those people. It's, it's yeah, the so top. So if you don't show up for your court date, you're just in the wind. And then Biden wants to give amnesty to everybody here, uh, undocumented. Um, so that's the game. Now, Governor Abbott of Texas, he's, what is he trying to do? Why is he down there? 
So the governor announced today, and he reiterated, uh, I missed the end of his conference, but he reiterated the state of Texas is going to be arresting uh, illegal immigrants for trespassing. Uh, so state police and local county sheriffs cannot arrest someone on a federal immigration charge. Only Border Patrol can do that. But what the state police have been able to do, what they've started to do, and I think we're going to see more of, is arrest on trespassing charges. And so... Um, uh, okay, but what, what, let's take us through the process there. If you yes. arrest uh, an undocumented person on trespass because they're trespassing on the state of Texas's property... All right, because state of Texas didn't give them permission to come there. Then do you put them in detention? What, what trespass is, is a misdemeanor. Um, what do you do with them? What does he what does he propose? It is. The governor has cleared out several jails statewide uh, for the purpose of detaining people. So they're going to go be charged in the county and then be prosecuted or be prosecuted and then charged. Uh, and that point, you know, those people will eventually, after they are, if they're convicted and serve time, um, will be uh, deported like they turned over to ICE. Okay, um, and then ICE will... But that's, uh, it's just the right. first attempt. But those people are subject to bail. Um, they have to have bail, right? Um, and you know that the left-wing organizations are going to raise bail and get them out and they're going to disappear. It's It's... You know, I think what the governor is trying to do is take a step and say the federal government's not doing anything. What can we do? Um, there's now $3 billion that Texas has made available to resolve the situation at the border in the next two years. Um, Texas announced today they've seen 1.1 million people illegally enter their state from Mexico over the past year. And the previous record, I believe, is 1986 for Texas. It was 600,000. So while this isn't the national highest per se. You know, we've had higher um, illegal immigration rates at the border in previous years. It's all, you know, relegated to one area. And that was the Rio Grande Valley. Now it's Del Rio. Um, but it's the one state absorbing all the impact. Yeah. And uh, New Mexico and California, as I said, don't really care. Arizona does. Um, but it's wherever the people can get. And Texas is the shortest place. Um, when you talk to Border Patrol agents, they must be exhausted. These people down there must, you know, working for Homeland Security and even for the state of Texas. I mean, they're, they're just nonstop, right? It is, yeah. And when I spoke with the National Border Patrol Council, that's their union for the 20,000 agents. Um, I spoke with the president for the Del Rio region here yesterday. And I said, you know, you told me last week that morale was hanging by a thread. Uh, where does it sound, stand now? And he said, morale is non-existent. And so it's an interesting place that agents are in now. They don't see an end to it. They're working mandatory six-day shifts now, working overtime. Um, and frankly, they're all indoors processing. So that's interviewing someone, getting their information, filling out paperwork, and then it's the next person. And normally, the, the most they've ever done here in Del Rio is eight hundred to a thousand processing cases a day they're now up to two thousand a day and, and it's just and right and the backlog is, is, mm -hmm. is amazing now uh, a lot of haitians there and this is relatively new um the mail i get is how did the haitians get from the island of haiti in hispaniola all the way to uh the border of del rio have you traced it we have right and it's and every person has a different story but we're seeing a lot of 
patients who left several years ago, three, five years ago, went to South America or into Central America and have been living there for, for the past several years. And then there was a it's kind of an interesting phenomenon, uh, a message after uh, in July, the Biden administration said, we're going to extend it's a program called TPS, Temporary Protected Status, another two years for Haitians who are legally living in America. That means Haitians in the US won't be deported. Some of that was misunderstood. And so Haitians thought, we can all go to the US, we won't be deported now. Um, that coupled with Mexico having all these Haitians coming up through the southern part of its country, uh, decided earlier this month, we're just gonna let people through, it's not gonna be our problem anymore. And that's what two law enforcement officials have told me. Um, but that's why you're seeing so many people come and NBC reporting yesterday that, you know, they're looking at 20,000 more Haitians in Colombia now saying we're gearing up to make the journey to the U.S. Sure. Um, OK, so and, most of these people yeah. had left Haiti years ago, had resettled in Central and South America. And because Biden has sent ridiculous signals all over the place and we have this crisis and these pictures, they've now decided, look, I'm going to try to get to the USA once and for all. This is my opportunity. Does that sum it up accurately? It sums it up what we're hearing, yes. Okay. Final question, Anna. And again, Anna writes for the Washington Examiner. Very kind to help us out. She's actively covering the story for her newspaper. I hope they're paying you a lot of money, Anna, because you deserve it. My final well, question it's, it's is... It's 102 degrees for today, so I'm sorry I'm sweating on your program. <laughs> that's all, no, listen, you're really a hero to inform the American people about what's happening down there. Final question. The human suffering is um, sublimated to the politics of the border invasion. The human suffering on the migrant side is enormous, is it not? It is, it is certainly. And if you had to tell the American people why that human suffering is happening in September 2021, when it was not happening nearly to this extent one year ago, what would you say? I would, you know, I would actually come to the defense because last year in March, when the Trump administration imposed policies to immediately expel anyone who came across the border, what you saw in March was monthly apprehensions. So people caught coming across illegally dropped to about 16,000. And then over the next 12 months, went all the way up to beyond 150,000 because people realized, hey, we're not going to be prosecuted. But I think to compare it to 2020 is a hard year because it wasn't a normal year. Um, but the levels we're seeing every month, 21 year highs, uh, it's you can't say there's not a crisis. The agency is certainly in crisis and, and really the people in custody are the ones who are bearing the brunt of it. Okay, Anna, thanks very much. Stay safe down there. We really appreciate it. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been delivering on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices of America's greatest heroes. Heroes who put their lives on the line to protect our country and our communities. Heroes like Bristol, Connecticut Police Sergeant Dustin DeMonte. After responding to a domestic violence incident, he sustained fatal gunshot wounds. He left behind his expectant wife and two children. Thanks to the generosity of people like you, Tunnel to Towers paid the mortgage on the DeMonte family home, lifting a financial burden. As his loved ones mourned the decorated officer's loss, they welcomed a miracle, the child he would never get to meet. So many families need your help. 
Please help America's heroes and their young families. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. 95 cents out of every dollar you donate goes to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. The press was able to ignore the border from January to early August. We basically blacked out the massive amount of foreign nationals coming across the border. Press did not want to report it because it would make Joe Biden look bad. Simple as that. Corporate media is corrupt. We all know it. I don't have to go over it again. But now, because of new pictures, particularly the picture of the 15,000 migrants, many of them Haitians, underneath a bridge in Del Rio, Texas, when pictures like that come out, all right, then the press has to cover it. What the deuce is going on? And then we have another picture, a still picture, of a Border Patrol agent with a, some kind of crop in his hand riding a horse, all right, and there's a Haitian refugee. Now, I don't know, and you don't know, and no one knows exactly what that, uh, it looks like a whip, maybe, I, I don't know, but it looks bad. And that comes out, and then the whole thing blows up. So you can't hide the border madness, and I use that word literally, any longer from the American people. Let's go over it. So far this fiscal year, which ends September 30th in about a week, the federal fiscal year goes from October 1st to September 30th. I don't know why. It's kind of like the Chinese New Year. I don't know. But that's how all the stats are evolved. So this year, more than 2 million foreign nationals are going to encounter Border Patrol and Homeland Security agents on the southern border. 2 million. What was it last year? You want to take a guess? 400,000 under Trump. So it goes from 400,000 to more than 2 million. I wonder whose fault that is. Could it be Joe Biden? knocking out the remain in Mexico policy that Bush, that Bush, that Trump had put in? Maybe. Joe, he did it. Executive order. No Congress. No one to blame. It's Joe. Joe, Joe, Joe. He did it. And he has no solution to stopping the mass of humanity that comes through. In addition to the two million, another million, million and a half got across without the Border Patrol knowing. They just snuck across. Many of them bringing narcotics into the USA. Joe have any solution here? Anything? I haven't heard it. Have you? Bill at BillOReilly.com. Have you heard Joe's solution? Because I don't know. I mean, yesterday he was sitting there with Boris uh, and uh, some of the press wanted to get in some questions about the border. Roll that tape. That's that's the. Joe looked like he was laughing underneath that mask. Okay? Joe's not going to answer any questions. How can he? Can't, how, what can he say? A, I screwed it all up. B, I have no solution. C, I put Kamala Harris in charge. That's it. What else is there? So, let's get back to the Haitians. We had a brilliant interview yesterday with a reporter 
from the Washington Examiner down on the border who explained, and I did not know this, that most of the Haitians trying to get across the border now have been in Central and South America for a long time. So they left Haiti a while back. They settled in Central America and South America, and now they're massing and coming forth to uh, the USA. So that was a good piece of breaking news that we were able to bring to you yesterday. Again, the no spin news for BillOReilly.com premium and concierge members can be seen anytime. So I hope you check that out. So anyway, uh, Haitians. So these are people of color, obviously. These are blacks. And that changes the equation for the progressives. I hate to say it, but it does. And when you have a photograph of a Border Patrol agent who has been placed on administrative leave, by the way, um, when you have that, white man on horse with whip and black man on the ground, but that's beyond anything. I mean, progressives just go crazy. So Jen Psaki can't explain it. I mean, I, oh, well, we think it's terrible. Okay, you think it's terrible. It is terrible. It's terrible. But it was fault. It was Biden's fault. Right, Jen? Oh, no. But then our pal Chuck Schumer throws President Biden under the bus. Roll it. Finally on Haiti. Mr. President, we've all seen these horrible images coming from our southern border as Haitian asylum seekers simply looking for f to escape tyranny and the problems that they have sought have been met at our doorstep with unimaginable dignity. Images of Haitian migrants being hit with whips and other forms of physical violence is completely unacceptable. This behavior must be addressed and we must provide accountability. The images turn your stomach. It must be stopped, this kind of violence. Right now, I'm told there are four flights scheduled to deport these asylum seekers back to a country that cannot receive them. Such a decision defies common sense. Okay, so that's just a bunch of gobbledygook, all right? Number one, he says that uh, Asylum seekers simply looking to escape tyranny and the problems they have sought. What? What does that mean? What does that mean? The problems the asylum seekers have sought? What problems are they seeking? They're trying to get refuge here. That doesn't make any sense. All right. And he's reading this. All right. So and then he says that um, the behavior must be addressed and we must uh, provide accountability. Well, you're going to get the poor Border Patrol agent. And I say that because, I, I mean, uh, the man is probably beside himself and under unbelievable pressure. Um, and then he says, we, uh, we can't deport these people back because the country won't receive them. That's not true. Flights are going in and out of Port-au-Prince every day, and Haitians aren't stopping them. And the, the last thing is, this isn't asylum. This isn't an asylum situation. And this is what the progressives will try to deceive you because they say it is. It isn't. So Haiti is the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Always has been. All right. But it's a relatively free country. The Duvalier dictators are gone. The Tantan Makut is gone. And by the way, I've been to Haiti a number of times. I know what I'm talking about here. OK. But the country is just corrupt and devastated. 
uh, by storms and earthquakes. And their president was assassinated in July. But there's no political component to the Haitian misery. In fact, the United States, since 2010, has sent $5 billion to Haiti. Any of that money gotten to the Haitian people? No. The international community has sent $13 billion to Haiti. Same thing. So that's $18 billion since 2010 already sent to a population of 11 million. If you do the math, if they gave everybody the money, nobody be poor over there. And then Sean Penn and his friends on the private front, they've raised more than $3 billion. So then that gets to be uh, $23 billion going to Haiti. Hasn't made a dime of difference. Now, I support the Haitian Health Foundation. I give a considerable amount of money to that because it's run by a doctor here in the U.S., staffed by nuns, Catholic nuns, and I know that my money goes to help the devastated children of Haiti. Haitian Health Foundation. It's not stolen. It's not, you know, any of that. The money goes where it should go. What would you do, Chuck? You going to let all 11 Haitians in here? Every one of them going to come, Chuck? Everybody? How about, how about the Dominican Republic, which shares the island of Hispaniola with Haiti? You're letting all, they're poor. They all come. Every poor country in the world is corrupt. Everyone. There's not one honest poor country in the world. All those people can get asylum. Everybody. Because that's a system that your guy Biden has set up. And now Biden goes, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll solve it. No, you won't. No, you won't. You can't. You're incapable. You put Kamala in charge, right? And Kamala herself, she weighed in on the situation. Go. What I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were is horrible. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Yeah, let's let's just hang the the Border Patrol guy on the horse. Yeah, that's what we need to do. Come on, get to the bottom of that. Now, how humiliating, how humiliating is this? So the president of the United States tasks the vice president with solving the border situation. The vice president, Ms. Harris, does absolutely nothing. Nothing. Won't even go there. All right. Instead, goes to Guatemala to find out the root causes. The root causes are corruption and poverty. And Kamala Harris has no clue on how to deal with any of that. While she's in Guatemala, the president of that country says to her, hey, it's your fault. All these people are going El Norte. It's Biden's fault. He's encouraging it. It's unbelievable. But now Kamala, I, I support an investigation. I want to find out. No, you don't. You big phony. You couldn't care less about solving any problem in this country. And neither does your boss. Now, your boss is incapable. He can't do it. All right? Because he's not got the mental faculties to do it. You, madam, are not in that boat. You just don't give a whit. 
If you did, you'd be down on that border every other week because you're in charge. Everything is expensive these days. You know that the government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. This is just so infuriating to me. Um, And it's one of the reasons I'm going to put together this Biden special, because this is far beyond incompetence. You know, Afghanistan, the border, the three point five trillion, the U.N. speech where he's going to send hundreds of billions to third world nations so they can fight climate change. I mean, this is just beyond belief. I've never seen anything like this. You know, I started with Richard Nixon in the White House covering politics, not on a professional level, but in college. And then I worked my way through Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, Bush the Elder, Clinton, uh, Bush the Younger, almost forgot him, uh, Obama, Trump, and now Joe Biden. I will tell you, Even Jimmy Carter was light years ahead in the administrative capacity than Joe Biden. This man is lost. And, you know, I go around and and I talk to my liberal friends and all they say is he's better than Trump. That's the last line, the last mantra they have. But he's not better than Trump. If you look at the policies under Trump as compared to the policies now, if you look at the economics, the national security, the border, every single one, it's not even close. So my job now is to warn you, the people who watch the No Spin News and who listen to me on WABC in New York and our other 300 radio stations across the country. My job is to warn you on what is likely to happen to you because this man 
was elected. And that's why we're putting together this special in October, and that's why I'm going to continue my reporting in a very targeted way. Now, you're, you're starting to see the corrupt corporate media wobble because they're not stupid. They're corrupt, but they're not stupid. And they know the economy could be next. Absolutely could go. Inflation's already eating away at the well-being of the American worker and the poor. You're paying a lot more for the stuff you have to have. Under Biden. Not going to get better. The man has no solution to any. Just, just go back to uh, the video we just showed you. He's sitting there, kind of a little smirk under his mask, all right? And the press is like, yeah, I, I, I. They all want to ask about the border. They want to ask about Boris Johnson's haircut. <laughs> they want to ask about the border. And it's Biden. There's something really seriously wrong. Now, don't write me, please, saying, oh, how can we get rid of him? You can't. He's not going to be booted out. He's not going to be impeached. And you're going to have to sit with him for three more years. However, if the Republicans can win the House and Senate next November, or a year from this November, 2022, that knocks Biden out of the box. So he'll just sit there in the White House and get nothing done. Even as executive orders will be challenged in court, nothing's going to happen. Is that bad for the country? It's not good, but it's not as bad as what's happening now. All right. Are we all clear on that? You cannot remove him. There's no apparatus under the Constitution to do it. He was elected. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth, delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe, download now the truth. So here's a final thought. I hope it's not too touchy-feely. In college, I was a place kicker, and I also punted, and I also threw the ball uh, a bit as a quarterback. Now, place kicking is the hardest position because you make, everything's got to go perfect for you to kick that through the uprights. So all the place kickers that I know visualize before they actually kick the ball going through the upright, and it's good, all right? Because if you're thinking about missing the kick, you're going to miss the kick. So you got to think positive. you got to visualize good things happening. That's what the place kickers do, all right? The ones that say, oh, I might miss it, they're going to miss. You can do that in your own life, and I do it. You visualize something you're about to do, working out great. Now, I do this every night before I go to bed. I go over my next day and I say, this is going to be good. This is going to work out. I got a conversation with this person. It's going to be good. Visualize, visualize, visualize. And it sends a message to your brain. Okay. And it makes you calmer. In fact, there's been research on this uh, published in a psychological bulletin that people are happiest and more successful When they visualize success, they have a positive outlook. So it's easy. Before you go to bed, turn the stupid television off, take five minutes, go over your day the next day and say, this is going to be good. We're going to work it out. 
doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes you miss a kick. I missed a few, not too many. Um, but you'll be happier and calmer if you visualize success. Final thought. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow.